what's up, guys, and welcome to the Movie Newbie Podcast. I'm your host, Jabril Sahami, the newbie, and I'm joined by... Rafael Luca, actor, clown, thespian, and a pure cinephile. Oliver Mangum, writer, producer, and fellow film lover. So yeah, enjoy the show. Yo, what's the rumpus, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Movie Newbie. I'm one of your hosts, Jabril, and I'm always here with the two guys, the men, the myths, the legends. Ollie and Raph, wow. how about you guys say hello? What an introduction. Wow, I feel I feel so glamorous right now. <laughs> I don't know about you, Ollie, but I feel great. Because of yeah, there's, there's a pep in your step today. I feel like mm. your your introductions are getting more lively as the show goes on. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, you know? It's something new that I'm year. trying to work on. I'm trying to be new a better person every year. Yeah, new year, new newbie. <laughs> oh, wow. New new year, new newbie. I don't know. That, that's that's going to be a tongue twister. One, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a new Say like twister, new right? year, new newbie, you know, 10 times in a row really fast. <laughs> new year, new newbie, new year, new newbie, new year, new Nope, I can't do it. No. All right, yeah, I you, fail. I'm I'm barely made it to three. That was pathetic. <laughs> okay, okay. I see how it is. I see how it As is. As you can see, I've pledged to be a bitchier than usual this year. <laughs> yeah, you're acting like yeah. a real Tom right now. <laughs> you got so, a lip on you. You got a lip on you. Are you giving me the hi-hat? Huh? Are you giving me the hi-hat right now? It's about ethics. <laughs> ethics. Um, yeah, and speaking of ethics and all the other stuff that we just said, how about you introduce the movie, Ollie? Yeah, sure. So this is, as you guys will probably know, the final episode in our um, in our film noir theme. And uh, I was the, the man in charge for this theme, so I got to pick this movie. And I wanted to close this theme out. So, okay, so just to pull this back a little bit. I may have explained this before, but for this theme, I kind of wanted to run the gamut of different kinds of noirs. So I wanted to pick something from the classical period, which is the 30s to the 50s. So we went with the third man. Then I wanted to pick something that represents the tech noir. So we went with a sci-fi film from the 80s that was Blade Runner. And I wanted to end on a neo-noir. And there were lots of options to pick from. Uh, other films that I really like and that are probably a bit more well-known than this film, like um, Drive or Seven but uh, or Zodiac, perhaps. Brick. But Brick, that's another one. But I, I don't know why Miller's Crossing just really stood out to me, partly because it's been a long time since I saw this film and I really, really enjoyed it when I saw it as a teenager. And I don't believe we've had a chance to talk about the Coen brothers on this film. Uh, no Country for Old oh, Men. We did. No Country for Old Men. Oh, that's true. We did. Okay, fair enough. I stand corrected. But yeah, I thought that this was just a really interesting neo-noir because um, so the definition of neo-noir is something that was made like after the 80s and kind of looks back on the noir with a self-aware sort of eye and i think this film looks at the studies and examines the noir genre in a really interesting way by embodying and kind of mimicking a lot of what we saw from those films in the 30s and 40s and 50s but also you know doing a little bit of a twist on it you know coming at it with a modern with a modern edge and yeah, so for all those reasons, I really want to talk about this film. So yeah, Miller's Crossing, it's a 1990 neo-noir gangster film that was uh, directed, written, and produced by the Coen brothers. Uh, it stars Gabriel Byrne, Marsha Gay Harden, John Turturro, John Polito, and Albert Finney, as well as some other great character actors. And uh, yeah, so I'll just say a few thoughts about uh, how I felt about this rewatch um, before giving it over to you guys. Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I got to say this was a treat for me. Um, I thought the first thing that stood out was just the dialogue. I think the dialogue is the star of this film. I mean, it is, it is crackling. There's no other way to say it. Like there are so many quotable lines from this film. It has such a musical stylized quality to it. You can see that from the very first scene. And you know, it's funny, like a lot of the dialogue was actually, uh, I mean, I think the Coen brothers, are clearly in love with this style of dialogue and they're very good at writing dialogue themselves. But I think they apparently lifted a lot of this dialogue from Dashiell Hammett, no uh, Dash Hammett novel and other gangster neo, sorry, gangster noir films from the thirties and forties. So that there's a real, um, there's an authenticity to, to it that I really like. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed the dialogue. I really enjoyed the character play. I really enjoyed the intricate plotting, although I do think it starts to get a little bit too dense for its own good. We can go into that later. But all in all, I thought it was a really enjoyable noir film and a Coen Brothers film that I think could use a lot more love because I don't think it gets talked about enough. But um, enough about me. Uh, what did you guys think? Jabiru? Um, Yeah, sure. So I've, I've never seen this movie before and I think I've only seen a like, couple 
Coen brother movies here and there. Um, no Country for Old Men, uh, Big Lebowski, uh, the one with Brad Pitt doing the the dance. Uh, what's that one Burn, called? Oh, uh, uh, Burning After Reading. Burning After Reading. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of went into this movie being like, oh, sweet, like I'm probably going to enjoy this. And I did, but I felt like I wanted to enjoy it more in a sense. Like mm. there's cert- there were certain parts of the movie where I was kind of like uh, – things were overdone a little bit too much um, when it came to like certain scenes. But uh, what really made me love this movie was the, um, the performances by John Polito, Politano, Polito, Polito, Polito. Yeah. John Polito, Steve Buscemi. And um, what's his name? John 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 Turturro. Yeah. I really liked Mm -hmm. those three performances a lot. Um, and yeah, the, mm-hmm. the yeah. So I enjoyed it, but I kind of wished I enjoyed it more. I don't know if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. There, there was totally. a certain kind of like um, Cohen brothers in development, work in progress. That's so how I, I felt. So maybe you felt it showcased a lot of the potential, a lot of the potential that they would realize in later yeah. films. But it, 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 wasn't, it looked it wasn't, like wasn't... they were still developing their Cohen brothers still... style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. I mean, and it was the first um, first collaboration between Steve Buscemi and John Turturro, one of the Coens. Uh, this movie. Oh, really? Uh, which went on. They went on to collaborate with them a lot more uh, mm-hmm. through the years. Um, very close collaborators. Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Uh, Is Fargo. that Coen Brothers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's another one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're you know legends of cinema, uh, pioneers of cinema. Um, but um, I, I and I, I think this this movie, like you said, Ollie, is is widely kind of underrated or overseen or or kind of missed out because of their other big gems or major productions that they've done through the years, and they've done so many great films that obviously it's it's hard to to to, to kind of go through it through their filmography and see oh this one because they're just there's a plethora of of great films that they've done, um, and this one included. Uh, in 1990, with 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 another Albert Feeney fine performance, I feel like we've done a few Albert Feeney performances um, in this podcast. Um, so I'm I'm happy to see him return. He's one of my, you know, one of the greats, um, and I love talking about him. But this film, yeah, had sharp, sharp, um, a sharply written script, uh, sharp dialogue. I think it gets it gets kind of lost in its convoluted. Um, and it's convolution a little bit, like it gets a little convoluted um, as you draw closer and closer to the end. But that is put away as soon as you um, see the quirky cast that is ensembled for this piece um, and and the beautiful cinematography. Uh, you know, it, it's something that it, it, it's a tightly knit, um, put together film uh, that is all the more rewarding because of the ensemble. And again, another film of the Coens that introduces just amazing accents. My God, I love the Coens because every film they do, there's always an accent. There's always an accent that they like kind of pick out or kind of like, there's always a part of America that they, that they, that they introduce or that they, that they Mm -hmm. kind of um, illustrate. Uh, And this is kind of the gangster America, probation era America um, with, you know, your Italian accents, your, your Italian Americans, your, your, um, what else? Your, your, your Irish Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Jewish Americans. Your Jewish Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's like, and, 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 and the accent work is perfected. It's it's. I mean, I I can only I can only feel like it's perfected. I'm not an American what, what myself. Were some, <laughs> what were some of the um, accents that really stood out to you? That you really uh, the, enjoyed? John Totoro's uh, accent. I feel like obviously he's. I think he's a native. Uh, he's a native-born New Yorkan. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was born in 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 those yeah, parts. Yeah, yeah, I think um, he was. So, so I think he is. Sorry, he's he's still with us. Um, but so he has just that that kind of you know thick italian american accent that i love especially when he starts to plead and when he starts to beg for his Mm. life it's when it really stands out and then of course um uh we have john polito as johnny casper i mean i you know his introduction you know we we get a we get a monologue introduction which is not unfamiliar with the coens to do that to give you this like amazing monologue to, to kick off the film um 
So he has a brilliant accent. Albert Feeney, who is a British actor, he puts on a fine accent uh, for an Irish American. So just the range of accents that you get on, it really, it tingled my ears with joy. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was very much um, impressed throughout. And it caps off the last film of the Coens um, that I've seen. So now I've seen all Coen brother movies. Uh, unless they have like, you know, an undeveloped or or not released movie that came out in, you know, 82 so, or whatever. So if you don't mind, just as a little sidebar, now yeah. that you've seen every single Coen Brothers film, which is impressive, by the way, because there are a few that I haven't seen. Um, and They're I consider my myself a big fan. Yeah. Mm. So what would you say? Can you say off the top of your head, what is your favorite Coen Brothers film? Yeah, No Country for Old Men. And we've reviewed it. Mm. I think that is, I think that's their for me, they're magnum opus, um, and it's and it is definitely my favorite because it it's also in my favorite genre, the western. So, yeah, and it's a neo western. So, yeah, they're yeah. good at well, that. They're good at they're good at um, finding with what they did with this genre. They you know neo noir. They're good at subverting genres. They're good at um, finding a genre and giving it their own flair, giving it their own signature which is what I love about their creation, their imagination and their artistry. Yeah. Yeah. So um, going back to this film, then, I mean, I think you mentioned that first scene, which I, I really love. I think that's a really interesting introduction into this world because you kind of start this, you have this long extended dialogue back and forth between uh, Johnny Caspar and Leo, who end up becoming sort of the two rival factions in this film. And it's sort of like an extended conversation that goes on probably for close to 10 minutes. And then you and you have no explanation as to who these people are. And then you go into the opening credits. I, I thought it was a really interesting choice. And I think like it seemed to me like a, a pretty clear nod to The Godfather. Which, um, which starts with, uh, a con you know, you, you have that conversation between... Um, I can't remember the name of the character, but that person and uh, Don Corleone in that room. But anyway, I, I think it just foregrounds what's great about this. You do you have these great performances from these two actors, and you have this wonderful dialogue going back and forth. And I just I really love that introduction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And I think I think it um, it ins it 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 quickly immerses you in the world of of dialogue building. Um, that the Coens uh, are so good at. So I think they started with what they were strongest and what this movie's uh, strongest element is the dialogue, the back and forth. It's as, for me at least, it's as riveting, as enthralling as any action scene. For me watching, especially the back and forths between um, Gabriel Barn and uh, Marcia Gay Harden, uh, Verna and Tom, like their back and forths are like, like swordplay it's like jazz man um yeah. and i i really love that they they had so much confidence in like bringing an audience in with that introduction which is uh, maybe it's like a, a little audacious but doing that and being like no this is what our movie's about is about kind of dialogue back and forth with then you know elements of the world coming in as as you go along absolutely and it becomes like a a bit of a um I mean, I think I think this ended up being one of my issues with the film, but it's also one of its strengths, which is that there's a there's definitely like a tell rather than show quality to this film. I think like so much of what moves the plot along is not seeing actions happen or seeing things happen. <coughs> it's because you got Gabriel Byrne playing these people, sort of these these two these two groups of people against one another mm. in order to save his own neck, and like you have this constant back and forth where you have scenes where he goes to a room finds out something new, lies to somebody or makes a story up, then goes to another person and creates a new story to play them against each other and then has to deal with the fallout and then go and explain something else that happened. So we learn about a lot about what happens um, off screen through uh, extended dialogue, through explanation from characters like Gabriel Byrne's characters, but other characters in there too. And I think to me, that's... I think the Coen brothers did that on purpose. Now, usually... Um, it's like a, a, a principle often held up in filmmaking that you don't tell something, you show something. But I think when you look at films from the, not just noir films, but a lot of films from the 30s, 40s and 50s and 60s, they wouldn't have the budget or the um, on, on location shooting availability so that they could show lots of things. So it'd be more like theater where people would come on and just explain what happened, what they saw, and that would move the plot along. 
And I think it's it's really interesting and it, and it really allows them to sort of indulge in dialogue as an art form. But at the same time, I do think because it's quite a con convoluted plot, as you mentioned, it does become a bit repetitive as the story goes on where it's just Gabriel Byrne sort of explaining things and manipulating people mm. with what he comes up with on the spot. If you, know, if you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Or getting his, uh, yeah. Or getting, which I thought was like a really fun, became a really funny recurring gag was that so many times he'd just open a door and then turn around and somebody would punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it became a drinking game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I I I, mean, I think, uh, <laughs> and that's it. Show. Um, mm -hmm. No, I I I I really I really do um, enjoy. But but for you, for for our movie newbie, um, did that keep it? Did that kind of did you lose traction with the heavy dialogue that no. this film kind of, or you still kind of were immersed? The, the, the dialogue was definitely one of the strong points of the movie for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I really liked. Uh, well. There was like just strong like solo performances within each dialogue. Like there was always mm. a more powerful person, depending on who was, uh, depending on the situation. Uh, often it was, um, uh, Casper. Is it Johnny Casper? Yeah, like, yeah. Just yeah. like um, I don't know the the duality of like uh each character in in different dialogues was like really really captivating for me especially mm. freaking johnny casper i really like the way that he spoke and like put his influence on other people yeah. and then and co you compare that to the character is it lee leo leo Le leo yeah yeah the, the um, irish the irish mob boss and politician yeah yeah mm. um even his like conversations with tom or with the i really liked it with the the mayor and the the police commissioner or the chief or the captain or whatever yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that was that was super funny like the way that they kind of switched allegiances and stuff but um, yeah yeah <laughs> um what was i saying yeah. back to the uh the dialogue no it was just um rich i really liked it mm. it was what kept me watching but you had no um, you had no issue following um following what was going on in the plot because... no no yeah no. okay uh, like one I... of the things that like if you paid close attention um I don't know if anybody else picked up on this, but like the the gay love triangle between Dane, Mink, and Ber Bernie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think if you if you weren't paying close, if you weren't familiar with some of the um, the sort of colloquial language they would mm -hmm. use to describe uh, what you know a queer relationship or a, mm -hmm. or a gay relationship, if you weren't familiar with those terms, then you might it might have gone over your head yeah. that. That, yeah, the Mink, the Dane, and Bernie were all sort of sleeping together, yeah. basically. And what was mm. what was interesting was, like, the complete disregard of the fact, you know, like, it would have been the 30s that this is set in, right? Or the 40s? Pro uh, or, I think it's the, the 30s. I think it's the, the 20s. It's the Prohibition era, and it's the Great yeah. Depression. So I'm getting either right. the, the late the, 20s or the early 30s. Between, I think. Yeah, between yeah. the wars, right? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, um, yeah. Yeah, so at that time, that's probably something that was frowned upon. And then also this movie was written in the 80s, probably. And um, mm. there's the also 80s, something yeah. that was very frowned upon in the 80s. And uh, in the movie, they're just kind of like, meh. It's actually like the actions of the characters rather than the... Well, it's because it wouldn't even be spoke... They... Yeah. But well, it's kind of something even, that was like could... brushed off. Like No, I know, but it's you can't even say it out loud. Yeah. So it would be impossible to even pass judgment on it because to pass judgment on it would be actually verifying but, that it was happening. So but what I'm saying, all these like, characters speak the characters. in code about it. No, I understand, but yeah. no one. I don't think anyone would ever say like. I don't think any one of the characters would say like, "I can't believe you 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 sleep with men," because yeah, no one says I'm sleeping with men. They just say we're we're close buddies, you know. And mm. and even if a character does, you know, look down upon it, like I think Tom Reagan does. I think chide or 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 mm. needle Steve Buscemi's character for you know his his sexual orientation. Mm. He doesn't outright chastise him or call him out for it because again that would be that would be almost that would be confirming that such a thing is happening or that would be accusing somebody of something that can never be said. So it just goes kind of unspoken. That's that was my that was my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, because like my takeaway was that like it was so out in the open that um 
that like it does like it was something that uh, that's an afterthought like the 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 characters themselves or between each character they wouldn't disregard them for the fact that for the fact that they are gay but or or queer but for the fact of what they have done and their actions that in that's interesting that's interesting you know I mean? yeah again no i know i think it's because it's so secret it's such a thing that can't be done out it, it can't mm. be spoke even spoken about outside of the bedroom mm-hmm. that they may i think they all like just know it's happening and and <clears throat> seem to be okay with it happening yeah. because whatever they're criminals ultimately and but it, they can't it's so secret that it can't even be judged or or confirmed mm-hmm. in any way so interesting um but yeah yeah Ref, did you did you pick up on that while you were watching, or I not 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 really. I mean, I am um, I. It's fascinating that um, to to hear both sides of that story. Um, to be honest, I just saw I just saw Steve Buscemi just like fat fat and and, and and I loved it. And apparently, he got the role because he was the fastest one who can say the lines. Right? Oh, really? Uh, Is that true? Yeah. Well, apparently, apparently, uh, it's a, it's a trivia that I read. Um, nice. Fun fact. Let's go. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah, he could speak. He could speak faster. Like he could speak faster than anyone else uh, on set. So he got he got the role. He got cast. I mean, he really is a motor mouth in this movie, and he's only in it for one scene. Like yeah, we, we refer we yeah. you know we we spoke about about him at the top of the episode about how much we like the actors involved in this. But he yeah he appears in one scene, and then you yeah, only see him he, as a burnt up corpse later he, on. He, yeah. he played the shit out of that scene though. That's the thing. <laughs> he yeah, sure like, did. He was, he was hey, dope. <laughs> it's Steve Buscemi at the end yeah. of the day. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and to, to kind of carry on, um, uh, I, I, I wanted to talk about how the writing also infuses comedy. Like there are brilliant moments of comedy, which the Coens are never shy from giving, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're always, they're always introducing some sort of element of comedy, whether that's whether that's you know black comedy or wh- or whether that's like um, satirical or physical. I mean, I think every one of their films could be described as a black comedy, regardless yeah. of what genre yeah. it's in. Mm. For sure, for sure. And for me, that moment when suddenly there was this utterly comedic moment that made me laugh so much was um, when. Um, when what's his face uh barn uh tom is about to get his ass kicked uh in in the warehouse and he throws he 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 whacks um i can't remember his name but he whacks one (laughs) of the bodyguards in the face Uh, with a chair and yeah yeah is it the other guy Um, the smarter one frankie is it frankie um, but he um, whacks him in the face and then he just goes, ah. yeah. and uh, then he, goes, yeah. he, he runs it's away. Like and Jesus, so, Tom, when yeah, he hits Jesus. him with the chair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Tom. Um, so just those moments where suddenly like you're kind of alleviated a bit from like, you know, the, the hardcore dialogue, the, the kind of the brutality of, of this epoch that we're, that we're, you know, um, experiencing. Cause it's, what a fascinating time in American history, this prohibition era, um, which we can, we'll talk about it, but like, yeah, those moments of levity, those moments of like, um, suddenly you, you can take a breath and, you know, the seriousness of it kind of evaporates. Um, and, and there, there are moments trinkled like that throughout the movie, but there's also moments of sheer, um, stylistic action moments which one of my favorite moments is Albert Feeney as like this, his action hero. It's, moment. um, it's Finney, by the way, just so Finney. Just sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. It's all right. I, I, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Albert. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about it. It's just, it's my grandfather's favorite actor was Albert Finney. So oh, I heard that, nice. I heard that name a lot around the, well, the thank household. you for, yeah, no, thank oh, you no, for no correcting me. Um, Finney, you say? Yes. Irish. What is it? Yeah, is it Finney. Finney or is it Feeney? Huh? What is it? Finney. Finney? Finney? Sounds like it'd be more Finney. of the Italian American. Yeah, Finney. Albert Finney. Uh, Finney. Yeah, it's actually yes. Finney. 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 Um, yeah, his 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 action hero moment when, you know, he's about to get assassinated. He's about to get popped 
Um, and he just like goes guns blazing and suddenly the house is on fire and he's escaping from, you know, the window and he's just shooting down these thugs. And I'm just like, what? And, you know, everything's over stylized. Everything's kind of exaggerated. He shoots one guy and like for 30 seconds, this guy is like ragdoll <laughs> dancing. That went on for, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's when you get to see the Coen brothers really indulge there. They love explosions yeah. of really grotesque. But yeah. also dark, morbidly funny violence. Yeah, like just even yes. like him hiding under the bed, shooting those two guys in the leg, and then one of the guys falls down, and he shoots him in the head, and his skull just explodes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's those it's those moments that like yes, it's steeped in realism uh, because because of 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 the because of the dialogue because of the because the writing. Um, because uh, of the period piece and and the setting and blah blah blah, but then you get moments like that where suddenly, oh, you are watching a this is a mm. cinematic experience. This is a movie. This is a Cohen's movie, and this is their style. This is this is who they are, and I like that because they're infusing their identity in this film. Because they could have easily just like done a realistic like you know action set pieces or mm-hmm. or stuff like that. But I I feel like there's a bit of originality. It kind of took me back to like Raising Arizona or or their earlier films, yeah. Um, yeah. where everything a little exaggerated over the top see see, that's the part of me where i'm kind of like this is where the coen brothers are still trying to develop that idea and i think Mm. the balance wasn't as perfect like Mm. there were points where i was like this is going on for a little too long or this is kind of like interrupting my like experience of the movie where i'm just like oh why is this why is this here like there's no reason like (laughs) <laughs> it, it, there were there were points where I'm like very cool, like when Sam Raimi is like with the double wielding yeah. guns. Yeah, I was like, that's cool. There is that comedic aspect and perfectly placed. But like for example, the whole um, what is it, Leo scene? Like there are parts where I was like, this is a bit too much. Like, <laughs> was like, it was when it when he was, was getting like, shot? For me, what did it was when this old ass guy jumped from the second floor to the first floor, and then it happened again with yeah. Tom. Where he did, he tries to do it, but then he fails with Bernie, and Bernie like trips him. But um, yeah, there was just like certain moments where I was just like, mm. <laughs> took you out of it. A little bit. It took me out of it. Yeah, it kind of like stopped my enjoyment, and mm. that's where I'm like, oh, I kind of wish that I can let myself enjoy a moment like that. But there was just times where I was just like, I can't. Like this, is I think, I think too much. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, definitely even, let that. Even when the dude's like walking to his death, when Bernie's walking, but he's just talking so much, it's like. Oh, uh, see, I, I, I mean, I, I thought that that was there for a purpose. That wasn't them just flexing their writing skills. I think because, mm. I mean, we're probably uh, a little hint, but we're probably going to be talking about that scene later. But that's that's because this that's a character in that instance. There is a reason that character keeps on talking and yeah. won't stop. Is because no, but I just he's someone think, who's like, always been able to talk himself out of problems. And doesn't know what to do, so he just keeps yammering. Yeah, but I, I agree with you. Like that, there are instances in general. You felt it with the action, it seems like, but where the Coens, as younger filmmakers, don't know mm-hmm. when perhaps is a good time to rein themselves in a little bit, or mm-hmm. when to stop, or when to to balance out the um, the for polarities. For me, it was the comedy the versus the realism versus well, the action. For, for me, it was the, the it was some it was yeah. sometimes the dialogue. Like I think this mm-hmm. was. This was clearly written by people who loved those stylized, overwritten films from mm. the classic noir period and wanted to make one of their own and were in love with what they were writing and in love with the, their characters. And I think there were parts in the movie where I felt like there were just one too many monologues, for example. And I mm. felt as if, especially towards the end when shit really starts to hit the fan, that mm. less would be more that that's when a, a character could, you know could 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 just be silent perhaps or um, could not say something smart which is yeah. um yeah yeah it's almost it's almost they 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 got a little bit um hubris you know hubris starts to take over in their own hubristic. writing yeah hubristic thank you very much um just correcting me um just correct me throughout the please please. no i wasn't Uh, correcting you i I thought you were looking for the word i i was i was no no and i i don't mean to be like uh, condescending but please correct me (laughs) sometimes i say stuff and i'm like i think i got away with that one i think no one i think i think that was not a word but i got away with it um 
but uh, hubristic, yeah, I think they they got they get a little bit hubristic in their own writing, right? That's when I you know, and they are definitely I think they're masters of their craft. Um, I think there's a reason why they've pioneered cinema and they've changed cinema for the way it is um, because they're fucking good at what they do. Uh, and one of their gifts, one of their elemental gifts, is is writing. Um, they've always, um, I think most of their films, if not all have been written by, by the Coens or at least shared writing credits, um, including directing credits. Um, so they're really good at it. And I think that maybe there's kind of, um, because they were still young and they were still, you know, climbing that ladder and still and still realizing their potential. Maybe they got a bit of egotistic and they, you know, suddenly fleshed out like, oh, let's let me write more monologues or let's mm. let's extend this scene with more dialogue. Um, when you're right, like, you know, how to see the vision and how to how to kind of limit yourself and like narrow it down a little bit to make it more concise, because it does get convoluted. Um, to the point where you're like, this is a bit too much, um, despite its, you know, brilliant writing. Um, you know, I expected no less from them. Um, but at this, for me, to, for, for them to be this young at this time, competing with the directors that were coming out in the 90s as well. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're talking like, you know, Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg at the height of their games, too. You know, it's they were competing with a lot of people um, and. And yeah, just to fine tune it maybe a little more. Um, but, you know, saying that, I still think it was just a brilliant, sharp, witty, smart and full of full of quotes, full of quotes. One of my favorite lines um, from this film, which kind of encapsulates the, the noir man, um, is when um, Tom Regan says, nothing more foolish than a man chasing his past. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I was just like, is that the noir man right there? Because that, <laughs> that is, that is one, that is one noir line. Um, yeah, there are some, yeah. there are some really, like, absolutely stellar lines mm-hmm. in this. Like you, you, I Definitely. wanted to bring this up earlier when you were talking about the comedy, because there was a line that uh, made me laugh, and I, I think I, I wrote it down here. Just give me one second. Oh yeah, because I wrote down quite a few. Oh yeah, when one of the characters, I, I think it's. Um, the Dane asks Tom, like, how do you get the fat lip? And he responds, old war wound, backs yeah. up around morons. <laughs> that, was, that was good. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was um, um, yeah, but, okay, so, like, before we get on to the, the questions part of the podcast, um, mm. there was one thing I wanted to ask you guys, because um, I, I don't really have a clear answer to myself, but what do you think the the, the symbol of the hat represents? So you have this, you know, in the opening image of the credits, you have that hat sort of gliding through the forest, caught in the wind. And then you have um, Tom Regan describing something similar in his dream. And then throughout the film, even at times when it seems kind of silly, he's holding on to his hat or he's chasing it. And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess like abstractly, you could describe it as something that you can't control, something like keep, keeping a hold of your heart, perhaps, or keeping a hold of your dignity. But then, you know, it's always going to blow away. I don't know. But I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that yourself. Yeah. I mean, Jabril, do you want to? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, um, I think when the hat is like on, the character is at least thinks that that they're in control of the situation. Well, when the hat falls away, it's kind of like shit, like shit's going down. And I don't know. At least that's what I think yeah it's it's kind of like the character isn't themselves without that thing kind of like a shield that protects them or whatever yeah they feel empty without that i don't know the control Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. does it does it like symbolize identity or the identity of not just that person or these people but the identity of the time and Mm. for me it was letting go releasing um so letting go of of the identity um that they've been stuck with for you know however many years and of the time because i you know we haven't touched much about this but the prohibition era and this period um i don't i i you know it doesn't maybe clearly say if it was starting but it must have been at least a couple of years because there's police raids there's like a whole familiarity of like 
police are raiding and the nonchalance of the police raids as well. So for me, like maybe it was coming to a point where we were letting go of the time. Um, and I think, yeah, I think letting go of time and letting go of identity is, is what I assimilated this, this image Mm. to, to be. Interesting. Yeah. I think all of those are pretty plausible. Um, or it could just be a hat. <laughs> Wrong. Um, yeah. Um, all right. It could well, just be a hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Coen brothers are like, no, it's, 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 uh, it's a an, prop. It's, yeah, it's a, it's an Android. It's a replicant. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's, that's an out, that's a hot take right there. Okay. Um, shall we get to the questions? What do you guys think? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right, cool. Okay, so our audiences will be familiar. Sorry, our listeners will be familiar with this format by now. But as always, we're going to start with favorite scene. Um, Jabril, why don't you go first? Uh, favorite scene? Anything, honestly, anything with uh, John Politano, uh, Polito. Like, mm. yeah, every single th- scene, I was just, like, captivated by his performance. I-, I can't really pick. I think the one right before Tom gets gets his ass beat in the the huge um the warehouse. warehouse or whatever it was yeah i think probably that scene when he offers him the check to yeah. to pay off his oh, debts oh no 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 yeah, when yeah. he when he smacks his kid and yeah. he's like, oh, oh, oh that's, the that's the one that's the one that's the one that's the one kids yeah. eh yeah, yeah, yeah kids yeah. Yeah. you gotta be firm yeah. you gotta be firm oh did someone yeah. hit you did someone yeah. hit you <laughs> <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> he's so um, I I I really like that character too. He's so uh, yeah. it's such a likable performance, despite him meant to, despite him supposedly being uh, I don't know, like a, like a homicidal or gangster, a, yeah, yeah, a crazed gangster. He's just very um, very there's charismatic. A vulner- there's a vulnerability to it as well because there's a point where he reaches that uh boiling point and suddenly you see him sweat and kind of freeze mm. right so there is a point where maybe his humanity comes out um but yeah that's that's a great scene i love that scene <laughs> papa, papa. <laughs> yeah well what he uh, says uh what is that uh, a hot dog with mustard my kids are genius <laughs> uh fat yeah. who says you're fat yeah, yeah. um yeah yeah uh my favorite scene uh would have to be at miller's crossing mm. uh between uh tom and um john Turturro, bernie uh where t- uh, tom is about to execute bernie and bernie's pleading for his life because you're getting such fine performances from from both actors here but john Turturro really cranking it up to a hundred and really pleading for his life where suddenly you don't know what's going to happen like is tom actually because there you're 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 also getting the reveal of the of the detective in the in the noir in the noir um circumstances in the noir theme because you know he's the agent between the good and bad right he is he is he 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 walks that delicate line uh, in the story uh, between morality right um and yeah he's swimming in a sea of of seedy and corrupted men and and he, is he going to take part in, in that is he going to is he going to lose himself to the darkness or is he going to um kind of uh, let go and and maybe not do yeah maybe not kill um john uh, bernie and let him go um again the hat letting go um <laughs> and yeah because there's a moment in that scene where you're getting fine performances and you're getting this beautiful cinematography um between the two characters and then when he decides to shoot and he shoots next to bernie and suddenly bernie realizes he's not dead he makes a run for it or you know he tells him go run i don't ever want to see you again you know like never come back here blah 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 and as soon as bernie runs you're getting this beautiful like swoosh and that's a technical term you're getting a beautiful swoosh with the camera like pans over and like sees him chase sees um john tour kind of run and you're getting this beautiful pan and um yeah just that that whole scene to the point where he runs away is is my favorite beautifully crafty great yeah great choice i think that's probably the one that gets referenced the most from this film uh mm. it's actually um that you know because he says look into your heart and yeah. he keeps saying that over and over what again. heart and yeah but you know that that fun fact that was later uh paid homage to in did you did you guys ever see observe and report the seth Rogen oh yeah film? <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah, there's a scene where he's about to be like shot by these gangsters or these thugs, and he says, "Look into your heart," and that's apparently that mm. was um, uh, Jody Hill and Danny McBride's reference to. Um, I see to that to Miller's yeah, Crossing. To, yeah, to Miller's Crossing. Yeah, that would have that probably would would have been my pick, but I'm gonna go with um, uh, another scene with John Turturro. It's um, towards the end when he return. He he shows his face again after having supposedly having gone into hiding where he just, he's at, he's waiting for um, mm. Tom in Tom's apartment and they're just sitting opposite one another in those armchairs. And he's telling him, look, I know you saved my life, but I'm still mad at you. And I'm going to punish you and I'm going to make, and you know, he reveals himself to be the real slime ball that he is. And then I think Gabriel Burns character by this point is like, you know, as is facing threats from all angles is just kind of bewildered, makes a joke. And he says, don't you be smart with me. I can't, I want to watch you sweat. And when you're smart with me, it ruins it. Yeah, <laughs> I just really yeah, love yeah, that yeah. exchange. Um, yeah. But yeah, their back and forths are just great. So yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Favorite performance, uh, Jabril. Yeah. John. John. Matt yeah, Matt, John. John. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. yeah. All the way. Yeah. Yeah. Has to be. I, Has to be. The, the best of the movie, I think. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. Shining Star. Shining <laughs> he's he's star. in a couple of Coen Brothers films as well. Yeah, John yeah. Polito. He is, he is, yeah. Um, um, and he's he's also in a Modern Family. Is <laughs> he? Enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if either of you are Modern Family fans. No, Not really, no. Particularly. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Me moving neither, on. Right? <laughs> moving on. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and he he passed away. What twenty sixteen was it? It's Somewhat recently, some, I think. Some, yeah. Sometime like, around then, yeah. 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 Oh yeah, he was sixty five when he passed. Twenty sixteen, September first, twenty sixteen. Um, my favorite performance, I will have to give it to John Turturro. Um, I think, uh, you know, not not just as his first um appearance in a Coen's Brothers film, but like it's. It's kind of his first, you know, roles into into mainstream cinema, um, and and for him to yeah to, to 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 act alongside kind of heavyweights and to stick a you know to, to to hold his own and to have incredible timing. He 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 just is enigmatic. He's electrifying. He he can be very subtle and nuanced, but then you know when you're telling him to go over the top you know, to give kind of that Cohen's over the topness he does with such perfection and such energy. Um, and I didn't realize, but yeah, he's in, he's in the poster as well. He's in the poster shot. Um, but yeah, he's, 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 um, electrifying. What a fine performance from John. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, I, okay. That's cool. We all picked different options. I went with, um, Gabriel Byrne as, uh, oh, Tom yeah. Regan. I, uh, I just, I like that actor a lot. Um, and I, I, I think he's got perhaps a less flashy performance than some of the other people you mentioned, but mm. I think I just love his, um, he has this really icy, cold, guarded reserve in this film. Like he really does, uh, capture the noir leading man so well because he's, yeah, he's, he is this great picture of just sort of cold, unthinking world, world weary, sort of just you know, uh, uh, just a shark of a character. Yet, mm. um, Gabriel Byrne, he has these incredible eyes. And mm. while he's playing a character who is really a heartless bastard, he has these eyes that portray so much pain mm-hmm. and suffering uh, and conflict. And so I just think it's kind of a remarkable performance. And he just, yeah, he's, mm. he's a really cool looking guy too. And I love his accent. You don't get many Irish people, you know, using their actual accents in films. Mm-hmm. So, That's um, true. Yeah. Um, I right, wanted cool. to. I also wanted to give an honorable mention to to Marcia Gay Harden as the kind of the Marcia. Fam- Marcia, sorry. Sorry. Uh, I swear <laughs> that's going to be the last time I correct you no, this episode. That's great. No, I need to know these things. This is good. Please. Uh, sorry. It's, it, no, 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 Because otherwise I'm just butchering these names and then I'm like, cool, I'll just keep saying Marcia for. But it's, you know, it's the part rest. of your charm, Raf. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to give her an honorable, honorable mention um, for the femme fatale. Who, who, uh, you know, I think I think it's a it's a really awesome interpretation of the femme fatale um, mm. because it's it's 
it's a badass femme fatale. I mean, she punches our detective right in the fucking face. <laughs> um, and that's like kind of her introduction of her character. It's kind of their first back and forth. And like, she straight up just like, you know, knocks him in the face. And I love that. I'm like, yes. Um, and she had a, they, 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 they really have amazing, um, duologue uh that flows uh you know their scenes and gives their scenes so much energy um i would have loved to see more of her but i know that she yeah. she's a p- pivotal character in the story and I, I just wanted to give her a a little tip of my hat yeah um no that's 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 a good shout i'm glad you mentioned her because i don't think we've spent enough time on her character this episode um yeah okay brilliant um <clears throat> so moving on to the next question what do we think has aged the best? Uh, Jabril. Um, I think the, the like stylistic shots are, are like really, really beautiful for, for the most part. It gave me like Wes Anderson vibes. I don't know. I think that the way like all the settings were constructed was just timeless in my opinion. Mm, and like you, mm. you could, I don't know. They're very, I think that, uh, that part of the Coen brothers style has definitely like was there already in this, one of this early movies, right? It's the third movie, correct? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think so. so. Yeah. Yeah. So these just like really beautiful um, shots and settings, like the way they set up the entire, um, you know, the way they set up the entire shot is beautiful. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's mm-hmm. yeah. the yeah. best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raf? I would have to go with the writing. I mean, um, despite it, um, them indulging in it a little, you know, too much towards the end and being hubristic, um, (laughs) I I still think it's uh, one of their sharpest um, scripts and it's underrated. And I think it just has so many quotable moments um it 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 fuels uh most of the movie it fuels the narrative it's it's the i think it's the movie's soul is is the the script and you know what what tremendous feat to assemble um all these actors um to yeah to play to 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 play in this in this amazing story that's beautifully written and i'm just slightly jealous because hmm. i would love to take part in any of their films or oh man how much would you how much would you love to 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 get your sides for to get hired for a job and you get your sides you get your scripts and it's from a script like this like you get to be in this dialogue i I mean mean, this is this is the reason why they get such great performances out of these acts i mean this dialogue is a Mm. present it's a gift right yeah yeah it's a gift for an actor and the actor if anything the actor maybe has to do less because it's he's given so much Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah Mm um all right brilliant uh yeah i I think for me i'm gonna go with i think the dialogue's definitely a a contender but i've i've written down here the um i the 20s this is a bit of a weird one the 20s gangster story slash setting so i just i love this period and i don't think um i love films and uh tv shows and books that are set in this time period or set against this backdrop like i was a big i was quite a big fan of the show Boardwalk Empire. I don't know if any of you ever saw that, mm-hmm. but that sort of also is set in the Prohibition era. I love the costuming. I love the. Um, I just love the world. I, I I find it all very romantic, even though often it's you know you're you're telling stories about pretty bad people doing evil things. Um, and yeah, I I was just thinking while I was watching this that I just it, it made me sad. But I thought I don't think this film could get made today. Like as great mm. a script as this is, as we're all talking about it, I. You know, as someone who knows a little bit about the industry, I just don't think anyone would hand you the the money it would take to put together a period piece like this. Mm. And I don't think the audience would be there. And it's a it's a real shame. So um, mm. to me, that's age the best. You know, I just love I want to step into that world and breathe it yeah. in. Mm. Um, and so I just want to see the, the smell of the, the gunpowder from the Tommy guns, you know, mm. <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah, smell yeah, that yeah. Irish that that those barrels of illegal imported Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah truly truly uh, truly not a very commonly visited um period 
Um, well, it's like that. Do you ever see um L- play L.A. Noir that video game? Yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. See, that, even Again, in, vi- yeah. in a video game world, I love that. I, l- yeah. I freaking loved Rockstar, being in that man. world. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. Uh. All right. Cool. Uh. Getting near to the end here. So, what has aged the worst? Me. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go, go, go for it. Go for it. Go <laughs> for it. Yeah. Um. I would probably say the just like the inconsistency in within the movie like for me like there was some things that like I I don't know this is just a personal thing I guess but there were some action parts of the movie where I was like meh and then some action parts where I was like okay cool and same with the comedy and same with a lot of aspects so yeah just the inconsistency and like I don't know playing around too much for me yeah. Like awkward tonal shifts with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that summarizes it's a it? Bit jagged, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, no, fair enough. Fair enough. No, Raph? that's good. Um, I think I, I think they they had a great femme fatale character. I would have loved to seen more of it of her, um, of Marsha, um. And yeah, I think she was kind of underutilized. Um, uh, and I think all the other mm. players were overutilized. So then there was an imbalance between characters. Yeah, I, 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 I'm pretty, probably just going to sort of use what you said as a jumping off point there. I think Marsha Gay Harden's a fantastic actress. You know, she's mm. delivered exceptional performances in other films. And she is great in the moments that she's on screen. But you don't really get a sense of the interiority of her character. Mm. You don't get scenes kind of to see what it's like behind closed doors for her or what she's what's her motivation and and that's fine you know this film is emulating films that weren't bothered with that either from you know 70 80 years ago and you know this is a very plot heavy film i suppose it doesn't really have a lot of time to delve into a lot of other characters but i think seeing a little bit more about what made her character tick or even you know uh, not to ground this too much in modern politics but what made some of the other like the homosexual characters for example tick Mm. i think that could have that that slight additional character development could have really mm-hmm. lifted the story up even further. Like yeah. I think it's 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 interesting that there's a gay love triangle of sorts mm-hmm. at the core of this film, and it's not really explored that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think like one of my major things with her character is that I don't know why Leo loves her so much. Yeah, that's a good and, point. Like it, it didn't make sense to me why, mm. or even Tom, sure. why Tom wanted to keep her to himself. Or I guess that's the kind of vibe that I got. And so maybe mm. if they developed her a little more, or turned her into some sort of like mystery character that you never see, would have been better for me than having her character as it is right now. I, I that's, that's one of the low points for me. It was her. Character that's interesting. And her performance because yeah. it, it there was there was no rationality. But then that's something within the Cohen brother kind of style. I feel like characters aren't as rational as you think they should be. Well, that's mm. that's that's actually that touches on something I did. I was kind of thinking when I was watching the movie. I thought like all the decisions that the characters made in the film more or less had a had a justified explanation. The one thing you that think so? didn't. Well, well, well. Okay. Well, the exception I was going to give. No, I'm not saying it all. Um, seemed incredibly plausible to me mm-hmm. but i thought there was so there was an explanation provided for for all of it but then mm-hmm. when tom decides to tell leo i've been sleeping with your 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 girlfriend basically mm-hmm. or i was seeing uh verna that night you came mm-hmm. over i i couldn't quite understand why he did that like what was the play there because he's always thinking of plays to get ahead and that just led to yeah. him getting kicked out there and then and you think okay is that because I mean, I think Verna later says, you kind of said that you took the long way to get there. Like you, mm-hmm. you revealed that because secretly you want me to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why you press the self-destruct button in your relationship mm-hmm. with Leo. But then you don't necessarily fully buy that either. And then later on, Leo says, oh, I get the reason why you did that. You were trying to switch over to Casper's side so you could end up playing this angle where Casper gets eliminated. And I think Tom's response is, do you know, I don't know, do you know everything, the reason why you do everything that you do? And so right. I was kind of left a little bit unexplained and I wasn't yeah. really sure what is his real motivation there, but maybe that's the mystery that you're talking about. Yeah, possibly. Mm. Yeah. 
All right, cool. Okay, last question, the mystery question. So, uh, you know, you don't have to explain your decision here. It can be a one-word answer, but would you rather be in Leo's army or Casper's army? Now, Jabril, I feel like I know whose army you'd like to be in, but, you know, <laughs> Lee, no, why don't you kidding. go ahead and <laughs> Casper's, <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. I'd, I'd probably teach uh, TikTok and the other guy a little, a little thing or two because they were some <laughs> dumb fuckers. Go check, man. Check the body, bro. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jabril's been to a henchman school, so he knows a thing or two that they could learn from. Well, I was a blue, you know? I was a blue, so I know that side. True, so truly, to, truly. Yeah, that's yeah. true. He was a cop. He was a cop back in the day. Oh, shit. 5-0. 5-0. 5-0. Jabril. Um... I think he's an android. No, um, I, <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I yeah, Decker. Uh, they're both sides are androids. Uh, no, I would go just because, um, just because Leo, I think, imbues a lot more confidence and a lot more authoritatorship. Correct me, Ollie. Authoritatorship. Uh, authoritarian, uh, uh, authority, just like authority, it, there, gives off a lot there, more, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, gives off a lot, a lot more authority, <laughs> a lot more confidence, making it more difficult as we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Authoritatorship, guys, authoritarianosity. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he, he, he would probably persuade me a lot more, he would be a lot more convincing, there would be a lot more conviction, um, in. In his gang and in his in his uh, goals and ambitions, um, and I just wouldn't want to be like I wouldn't want to mess with him. Like he kicks fucking Gabriel's yeah. ass, yeah. He, and the the way he throws his punches as well. I was like, damn, Albert! Oh, like, shit. You're just you want to know? Yeah, but you also want to know that just reminded me. You know, you want to know a real weird funny fact. So Albert boxer. Finney, who plays Leo, yeah. uh, is does another cameo. In the scene when at the club, you know, the Shenandoah club, when Tom mm. goes into the women's uh, powder room or whatever and yes, confronts yes. Verna and you see like a slightly larger woman screaming and running out of there. That's yeah. Albert Finney. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's the same actor. <laughs> he, uh, he appears in drag. I, I, I don't know oh. how the hell that ended up in there or like how I, he convinced the directors to let him. Just, yeah, just for shits and giggles. I, I love, love that. that. I That's love brilliant. that so much. That, see, that makes, see, that makes me follow, think Albert... Yeah, yeah. I, I would follow that boss. If, I, <laughs> if a boss can do drag, come on. I'm yeah. following that boss. <laughs> I like that, yeah. I mean, I think I I find Casper so entertaining that I'd like to be in his gang, but i got to say mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Leo just because he is a political boss. He's an actual politician, Yeah, I think. They, they're never clear on that, but he is a politician. Mm-hmm. So he's got that legitimacy. You know, you can follow him around in public and not be you know, earmarked as a criminal. And uh, I would like to listen to Danny Boy with him, you know? Also, I have yeah. Irish roots, so I feel like I'd be allowed into the gang uh, on that basis. I'm part go. of the tribe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could see myself smoking a cigar with him and listening to Danny Boy. Yeah. Right. yeah. That seemed like a really chill evening, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was like his version of like winding down with PlayStation after work or something. <laughs> I know. Just just like be careful, man. Always have that gun by your by your side. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um all right, cool. All right, let's wrap this up then. So ratings, uh Jabril. I'm gonna go seven out of ten Fedoras. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Damn it! Did we all pick we're hats. All, that's what happens yeah, when yeah. you get first. That's why I'm always like, "Oh fuck, you guys! You don't know what it's not the number; it's the freaking object that I never know what to choose." <laughs> <laughs> that's the hardest part. Um, I am going to go with eight um, illegally imported Irish whiskeys out of ten. Nice. And yeah, you've matched me there, Raph. Um, I'm going to go with 8 out of 10 hot dogs with mustards. <laughs> hey, we got a yeah, genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, that scene made me did that did make me think that even though I don't eat meat anymore, I was I was watching that. I was like, damn, that sounds pretty good. A hot dog with mustard, nice and simple. I know that's that the best. Lovely. Hot dog with mustard, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of sauerkraut, 
Some, uh, yeah. some, some caramelized onions. Now we're just probably hey, doing it. Ve- ve- vegan hot dog, y'all. Vegan hot. Let's get a vegan yeah. hot dog. Get a, Rich, Richmond, Richmond sausages. Oh. Tofu dogs. Yeah, tofu oh, dogs. Oh man. no, tofu can get the fuck out of here. Seriously. Man, they used to have it at. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is not. Oh yeah, this is still the podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. All right well, then let's get back to the to the to the thing that I usually say. Um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment, leave us a review, please. I hope it's five stars. Give us some five stars. We need some more of those. Five star, and five star. Yeah. Thank you for listening, guys. And shout out. Um, oh, shit. No. Should, should we should we tell them since it's the next theme? Or shall we keep it for the bonus note? We'll keep it for the we bonus usually, note. We'll announce yeah. on the bonus note. Yeah. yeah. Stay yeah. tuned for Wait. the next theme, guys. Okay, the next theme, because this is a big one, especially like the first movie out of that one. Yeah. We, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys know? Yeah, All right, guys. It was, it was lovely talking to you. And um, see you later. Ciao for now. Ciao.